You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, yes, off and running on this Thursday. It is Thursday, right? Yes, December 3rd. All screwed up this week. I took a day off on Tuesday. There was football yesterday. and It's a weird week. There's been no reset. Usually when you have a strange day that feels like a different day, the next day it resets and everything feels normal. Uh, and the normal, if you're looking for normal, this is not the show for you. How is everyone today? This is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. Big show lined up for today. Uh, Got to get into the uh, football from yesterday. Big trade in the NBA. Can it still be a big trade if nothing really changes? And then we got the baseball moves with uh, players getting tendered contracts or not tendered contracts yesterday. We got day number 31 of the Regal Tumble. So we'll tell you who's in, who's out there. We have headlines today that was pushed back from yesterday. We got a ton of stuff to do. Ton of stuff to do. And of course, the number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. I'm on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. But let's start with the football because we were waiting for it. It was supposed to happen on Thanksgiving. It was spo- I think it was supposed to happen on Monday at one point, then it was Tuesday. Eventually, just tell me what day the game is going to be. And it turned out it was a little Wednesday afternoon affair. And I know that a lot of people really enjoyed having a game in a spot where you don't usually get a spot, and it's football, which is usually good all the time. I have to be honest with you. I could not get into that game at all. And it really seemed like the teams involved had, a, uh, had trouble. I mean, it was a very sloppy game, a lot of turnovers early. I could not get into that game at all. And I like having sports at weird times. I like the Masters being in November. I like when there's events that take place, you know, during a time frame of the day that doesn't usually happen. I like the strange. But I was watching that game early on, and it almost felt like a, a chore. I'm watching the game early on, and at one point, I don't remember after what turnover it was, but at one point I said, you know, what am I doing to myself? Why am I watching this? And it was almost like the NFL tried to come up with a like they have such an amazing product that we all love so much that it was almost like they tried to concoct some way in a boardroom somewhere to get people to not care. Like, how do we get people to not care about a football game? Well... Let's put it on uh, in a weird time frame. Let's put it on like a Wednesday afternoon. Wednesday night? No, we got to put it on the afternoon. Now, nighttime, it just feels, you know, a different day. This is a completely weird situation watching an afternoon game uh, during the week. Do we have to have big teams involved? Yeah, let's, take, uh, let's have some big teams involved, but let's take a bunch of guys off uh, both teams. So it's kind of competitive, but not really competitive. Do we have the MVP? No, the MVP should be out. And instead of him, let's put uh, the shell of RG3 uh, back in there. You know, if I said to you, oh, this is the first time uh, I've done this since uh, 2012. Uh, look, it's, it's, it's eight years ago, right? It doesn't feel like a lifetime ago. It doesn't feel like 1962. In football terms, 2012 was 1962. I, you know, I was watching the game, and I'm trying to think of you know, interesting aspects of the game, and I, I really wasn't into it. So I was like Googling with my iPad. Uh, the, 2012, the NFL draft in 2012, which, again, does not seem like that long ago. Obviously, RG3 was the second pick. Andrew Luck was the first pick. Third pick, do you remember who the third pick was in 2012? Trent Richardson. The fourth pick was Matt Khalil, who's not – I don't think he's played the last couple of years, right? 
And then the, the fifth pick, the Jaguars, with their annual fifth pick in the draft, they took uh, Justin Blackman. Boy, that, that's, a, that's a murderer's row of a top five right there. Uh, and it wasn't even like I had a bet on the game yesterday. Usually that trumps everything else. If you can at least, it's amazing. It could be good teams. It could take place on Neptune. It doesn't really matter. If you can throw 10 bucks on it, have a feeling one way or the other, throw a couple of bucks down, that usually it can improve a lot of things. Uh, yesterday, that was not the, uh, the case. So uh, the NFL usually, for me, can do no wrong in terms of me watching the product. I'll complain about this thing or that thing. And keep in mind, I'm a real diehard fan because my team has stunk for the last 35 years, as we detailed yesterday. But yesterday was one of those uh, examples where I just uh, I could not get into it at all. And I know a lot of people were tweeting how fantastic it is. Yeah, Wednesday football, you, you've waited all night for a Wednesday afternoon, you know, all the jokes and stuff like that. I was not into it, and uh, I was out of that game probably by halftime. I flipped back every once in a while, but was not into it. So that's the one story. Let's lead off with the one thing I don't care about at all. Now let's go to something else that I think is getting completely overblown, and that is the NBA. The offseason continues. Big trade yesterday, right? You hear? Woj, Adrian Wojnarowski with the Woj bomb, the Rockets trading Russell Westbrook to the Wizards for John Wall. And obviously, right, a big trade like that happens. And, of course, the first question is, well, who won the trade? Did the Rockets win the trade? Did the Wizards win the trade? Did anyone, did anyone actually win the trade? You'd have to say the Wizards won the trade, right? Because Russ, while a little bit older, he actually plays. And Wall... Um, you know, he's not a young guy anymore. I think he's 30 years old. He has not played even 50 games in a season the last three years and makes crazy money. Now, Russ makes some crazy money as well, but you know that he's probably going to be on the court. Now, I don't think that either of, this is, either of these players are going to impact winning all that great, but you do kind of have to wonder, like, is this how the Rockets are going about trying to convince James Harden to stay? Because that's been their, their public statement, right? Like, they don't plan to trade James Harden. They plan to make it work. So their way of, of getting him to you know, stop thinking about the Brooklyn Nets or moving on because the window of opportunity has closed. This is an interesting strategy. Yes, you think that our window of opportunity to win a title has closed. But what about if we trade Russell Westbrook and bring back John Wall? How about now? Yeah. That's a very strange strategy. My biggest takeaway from that was I was very thankful that that trade took place because now at least it's off the table for the Knicks. That's my biggest takeaway because as long as Russell Westbrook remained in Houston, you knew that there was the possibility. It's all well and good for the Knicks to say right now, no, we don't have any interest in that. We don't have any interest in that. God forbid the season, which is right around the corner, starts and then, you know, it gets off to what you would kind of expect the next season to get off to. Maybe it gets off to a little slightly worse start than you expect, right? Like they lose the first five games or something like that, or they start out 2-10. and ten. And then you see the scenario where panic is starting to set in. And a trade, even though the front office might not want to make that trade, the powers that be kind of force a trade upon them because of all the noise and how things look and it's going to be a bad season, Westbrook is not going to be happy losing in Washington, but, I mean, is he ever really happy? 
So I'm just thankful that the Knicks did not make that trade. And I think that it wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if Westbrook gets moved again. It seems like that's, uh, most people kind of agree with that. Like this might not be his long-term destination uh, because he'll eventually get unhappy there and, and he'll move. So hopefully the Knicks don't make that deal either. I like what the Knicks are doing. This is the proper approach. We de- went into that yesterday. So um, I'm glad to see that Russell Westbrook is not going to be on the Knicks. Uh, at least not yet. At least not yet. Let's hope that the uh, panic moves uh, do not take. We all realize what is set up for this Knicks season. It's not going to be good. It's about discovering what you have on your team, developing what possible pieces you might have. And again, it is possible the Knicks might not have any long-term pieces. You know, there's that, that uh, article about uh, Mitchell Robinson and how – uh, at with Team USA, he um, kind of didn't. In, I don't know. Uh, people kind of questioned his work ethic a little bit or his commitment, uh, and, and people taking that as a sign. Look, it's possible that Mitchell Robinson never turns out to be kind of what Nick fans expect him to be, or you know, even optimistic NBA fans expect him to be. That's very, very possible, and that's what this year should be about. If if the Knicks do have pieces on the team that are actually, you know talented pieces that they can develop into legitimate NBA players, if not stars. Well, that's what it's about. You got all the time in the world this year to go through it and, and figure out with a, what we would like to think is the most legitimate coaching staff that they've had in quite some time and see if you can go about that development process because what else do you have to do? This is going to be a rough year. You're going to be back in the draft. You're going to be back in the lottery again next year. And this is just ground one. This is just step one in what is going to be an extensive rebuild if they do it properly. I get that the last 20 years have been bad. Those are sunk costs. There's nothing you can do to go back and change that now. You have to just pick up the pieces from where you are, and it seems like at least in the early stages that that's what uh, Leon Rose and the Knicks are going to do. All right, speaking of uh, players that you think when you first saw them are going to turn out to be one thing and have not turned out to be that at all, the name's Gary Sanchez. And Stephen Matz were in the headlines yesterday. Yesterday was the day for teams to uh, tender contracts to their arbitration-eligible players. You know, a lot of people had an issue with the uh, tender day, right? Like They did, just didn't like that term as a sports term. Look, if we're changing sports terms' names, uh, load management is the first. The, everyone else has to wait to get changed until we, we remove load management from our lexicon. But, uh, you know, yesterday was supposed to kind of be like a bloodbath because of the financial losses of the teams. And there was a lot of talk that this guy's going to be available or that guy's going to be available. It didn't really turn out to be that way. Uh, and, and both Gary Sanchez was uh, – he was tendered a contract with the Yankees, so he's going to be back there. Uh, and Steven Matz was given one by the Mets. So at least they can control what happens to them. It doesn't see – it seems like there's at least the possibility – that the Yankees could move off Sanchez if they wanted to, or Mets if the Mets wanted to, but at least now they will control that what happens in that uh, scenario rather than just allowing both guys to be a free agent. And, you know, there has to be some concern for both guys that have shown some points ability that they go someplace else. You know, for all the Yankee fans who will shout and scream and yell about, you know, Gary Sanchez being back with the Yankees, if it turned out that the Yankees did not tender him a contract – and then he went to the Tampa Bay Rays or they went to, you know, some really analytically driven team. And then all of a sudden, you know, found his footing as a player and, and looked not even a superstar, but looked more like the player he has at times in the positive sense. Man, people would be screaming bloody murder. 
even though they were the ones who wanted to cut bait. And it's funny, a lot of people have said, no, you should just cut bait. You should have traded him a few years ago when you had the chance. But now they're also saying, well, now that you can get absolutely, literally nothing for him, you should do that too. Well, which is it? Do you want to... You want to find some level of value for a diminishing asset, or do you want to just cut bait altogether and get literally nothing for him? So I didn't think it was really that much of a decision. After you kind of think about it, it was a rough season. It was a brutal season. And for Gary Sanchez, he has now had two seasons where have been, you know, kind of what you expect, taking out even the the first little, um, his rookie year which was not a full season. It was like 60 games or something like that, where he was just unbelievable. And you thought, oh my God, this guy's going to just be an absolute superstar. Take that season out. Even without that, he's had two seasons that have been, I would say, acceptable to good. And then he's had two seasons that have been absolutely abysmal. I mean, 2018 was bad. This year was worse. And Sanchez is the perfect example of a guy who has a high ceiling but man, oh man, does he have a low floor. I mean, it, when it's bad, it's really, really bad. So we'll get more into that coming up. one 800 espn one 800 Why I think that Gary, you know, bringing back Gary Sanchez was the, uh, was the right decision. But that's not really the move that kind of uh, that got my attention as much yesterday. And why Gary Sanchez, for all the talk about Gary Sanchez being back with the Yankees, the outrage, if there is any, should really be much more about the Mets making the move to bring back Steven Matz. Like, if you're going to have a reaction to either of those moves, Steven Matz coming back to the Mets is actually the more surprising move than Gary Sanchez going back to the Yankees. So we'll get into that too. Moment of inspiration, Regal Tumble Day number 31, lots of stuff to do. And, of course, your phone calls, 1-800-919-ESPN. We touched on the football in the open we touched on the, the big trade, although I don't know if it can be a big trade if I don't really see it changing all that much in terms of the landscape of the league, but it's big, recognizable names. And, of course, the NBA offseason is a lot of times uh, more intriguing than the, uh, the regular season is. Not necessarily the playoffs, but the regular season itself. So uh, that is out of the way. And luckily now for uh, Russell Westbrook, the, he is off the table even as a possibility for the Knicks. But, you know, I was talking there before about Gary Sanchez being back with the Yankees and Steven Matz being back with the Mets. And that, not that, that, that those two are generally tied together, but maybe they should be because they're both kind of the similar players, right? They both came up and at first blush seemed like, oh, my goodness, what a find they have in the Gary Sanchez hitting home runs left and right. Steven Matz was fantastic with pitching the Mets, uh, to the, helping pitch the Mets to the World Series. Um, but last year... As bad as Gary Sanchez's year was, Steven Matz's year was at least as bad as that, if not worse. In 2020, Matz started six games, did not win any of them, had an ERA of more than nine and a half. ERA plus, which 100 is league average. His was 44. That's bad. And... You, I mean, he's a pitcher, so you'd think that that's you know, more valuable. And left-handed pitcher sometimes takes longer. He's going to be 30 years old. He's not young anymore, and he's been bad even more consistently than Gary Sanchez has been bad. So uh, I know that uh, I think that that one is more puzzling bringing him back. Now, again, I get it because you don't want him to go someplace else and all of a sudden find it. You'd like to think that now with the new 
you know, new owner, new uh, approach maybe in the coaching staff. Who knows that they can somehow figure out what's going on with Steven Matz and getting him pitched to the level that he has in the past, certainly not in the recent past. So you take a shot and you hope that that – but, you know, for a Met off season that was supposed to be all about new be- – Money was not going to be any object anymore. You're going to go out and sign this guy and that guy. Uh, I thought that that one was actually more of a a puzzling move. I get it, but not to the same degree of the Gary Sanchez one. Gary Sanchez for, what is it, five and a half, six million dollars. That's your, I mean, there is talent there to be tapped. I know that people, you know, get frustrated. I just cut him. He doesn't care. Uh, I I don't know. For, For six million bucks, I'm willing to take that chance much more so than signing JT Real Muto for $100 million, which it does not seem like that is a realistic option. James McCann, who's coming off a career year. And then the, the rest of the options in terms of uh, possibilities, it's nowhere even close to what Gary Sanchez could be. And I get it. He's frustrating. He drives me nuts. He drives everybody nuts. Even Aaron Boone, eternally optimistic Aaron Boone, it's got to drive him nuts. But Mike Zanino or Yadier Molina or Austin Roma, there's no good options, and certainly not for, uh, for, for $6 bucks. Now, the one thing that I don't want to hear, and this is what it, it kind of worries me, because the Mets made that signing of Trevor May, which I, I think that's a really good signing there. Uh, the Yankees not bringing back Jonathan Holder for like a million dollars. That, to me, is much more surprising than the Gary Sanchez. I mean, I know Jonathan Holder has not been good for the last couple of years. And I do feel like, I, I know Michael was on yesterday saying that, you know, you, you have to be able to judge people after 60 games. You know, somebody said to me with my birthday, don't worry, your birthday this year doesn't count. We're, we're throwing this one out and it doesn't count. I, I, I mean, it's a joke, but I, it, it kind of feels like the way it is with baseball. Like, if your results from 2020 are you're basing things on those results, then I think you're probably making a mistake because it was just 60 games. It was such a weird year. Who knows what players had going on in their own lives that we don't know about. It just seems very hard to be judging anything on that. So Jonathan Holder has not been good for the last couple of years, but he's 27 years old. He still throws hard. He has shown ability in the past. And again, it was for a million. Like, are we at that stage where the Yankees now are pinching, pinching pennies to such a degree that a million dollars for a bullpen arm is too much? That's one thing I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear about the money issues with the Yankees. I mean, the window of opportunity is now, and it might be closing. And I get it. You lost money last year. Okay. I mean, at what stage are we at now? Are we going to open up the stadium to, for an Airbnb on the, on when road trips come up? I mean, can you imagine the size of the ads that teams will be wearing next year? The Yankees, Yankee baseball brought to you by Flex Seal. FanDuel presents Yankee baseball. I mean, maybe they can have, you know what? Make up some money by, in between innings, having Aaron Judge spin one of those giant arrows. You ever see the guys on the side of the road spinning those arrows? Maybe have Aaron Judge do that in the outfield, right? I don't know what product, maybe those copper socks that Brett Favre is always selling. Uh, I don't know, something. Maybe have like one of those car wash balloon guys in the outfield. Blue, you know, I don't care. Sign some players. Sign DJ LeMayhew and let's get on with it. I don't, I, I'm sorry, I do not want to hear about the Yankees 
money issues. It's ridiculous. All right, let's get some calls in 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Let's go out to, is, let's see here, Omar, Omar is in Brooklyn. Omar, what's going on, my friend? Good, good morning. I'm good. How's up? What's up with you, bud? Okay, first thing I want to, I won't talk about the Knicks, but first I want to say, mm-hmm. your Miami Dolphins are uh, one game behind uh, my Buffalo Bills, and yep. you have been very, very quiet. Yeah, the moment that you tied with them and they have a game, week 16 game, that you will be punching your chest. So you've been very quiet. You've been down the road. You don't want to go through that road because you uh, right now you are one game behind. So you're not pumping well, your chest right now, right? Do- <laughs> I mean, look, for the doll, it's not about, and unfortunately for Brian Flores, it's not about this year. Unfortunately, here's the problem for the Dolphins. They've already screwed themselves up. They already have screwed themselves by selecting a quarterback who could not stay healthy in college and now is in the NFL and a month basically into his NFL career also can't stay healthy. So they actually had a smart approach. They decided to tear things down, rebuild things on the fly, had some promising results. I like the coach. But unfortunately, the biggest decision, the number one decision you have to make and get right is on the quarterback, and the Dolphins screwed that up. I said it at the time. I'll continue to say because this guy is not a dynamic player by any stretch of the imagination. He's very accurate. He seems like a great guy. He's got a fun, nick, uh, you know, a fun name. But unfortunately, he's not going to be able to stay healthy in the NFL, so they have screwed up themselves making a decision they did not need to make. You, you are exaggerating. It's a hand injury. He's going to play next week, so it's not a big time No, he, I don't think he is going to play next week. And even let's oh. say he does play next week. He's already had an injury issue where he has missed time. That was his number one question coming oh. into the NFL. Well, maybe not his number one, but that one has to be answered before all the other ones get answered. Okay, now my come to the next. You know, remember for the last six, seven years, free agency is not a target. Nobody wants to come to New York next no. because they are terrible. Yes. Nobody's coming here. Nobody. LeBron, Kevin Durant. Right. It starts like last 10 years, 12 years. After Camelo entry trade, there's not a big name free agent or anybody that has come here, right? Well, so he was a trade. Nothing. But the thing is, all these players that were supposed to go anywhere, I can mention the name. Walker, injury prone. Boston Celtics wants to trade him. Russell Westbrook, go there, injury prone. Uh, Nick Batum, remember? They don't want, nobody wants to pay him, want to pay a salary cap, take the second year, $28 million, cannot get rid of it. Remember Aldridge? He said, I cannot play, I cannot give an interview to Phil Jackson. Oh, San Antonio wants to get rid of him. Why? Okay. He wanted to go to the State Warriors to get a personal trade and get that contract. What, no, they don't the want him, right? So yeah. all these free agents that didn't want to come to New York State, so they, the team cannot get rid of him. All right? Cannot get rid okay. of him right now. And yeah. we, young players, you mm-hmm. can say whatever. Baltimore Ravens were supposed to go. You, in Whoa, this show, say, we, we maybe the they Ravens will go 15-1, and 14-2, and two, right? Yeah. They might is, not make the playoffs. Give them the championship before the how season. Does this, right? I got to be honest. I'm having trouble figuring out how this all ties in. I feel okay. like Omar no, no, no. is the guy in the shed with the, the yeah. yarn going from picture to picture. How do, how does, how do the Ravens have anything to do with the Knicks? Hello? Oh, we've lost him. Listen, I'm sure it all makes sense if, uh, I'm if sure. Omar has time to explain right. it. Right. You just need some uh, – I love Omar. He's great. 
Not all the time, but, uh, you know, look, that's uh, uh, Greg is in East Meadow. Greg, what's going on, my friend? Hey, hey Gordon. Hey. That's, that's part of Omar's greatness. <laughs> I, I guess. I, I don't know where he was going with that. I don't know. The non sequitur in the middle of yeah. the Nick brand. Yeah, it was very strange. Oh, listen, a $5 million hedge on Gary, you got to do that all day long. Of but course. Any, anybody who doesn't see that is a moron. I mean, really, the guy has the potential to go out there and, do, you know, do 35-85. Really? Who the hell knows? But for $5.5 million, you better well find out. Yeah. And a million, and you know, a million dollars for Holder, that's ridiculous. Like you said, the guy has talent. He actually had some good games last year. I recall saying, saying about him at one point, he was, I mean, he had a good stretch where I was like, at least he's one of the guys I, we could trust because the bullpen last year, you know, as a whole wasn't great. And uh, listen, back to Gary real quick, Gordon. And judge to some extent. These two guys are, you know, largely a product of their immense power. You know, Aaron Judge is a slightly better hitter than uh, Sanchez naturally. But both of them are products of their strength. If you watch Judge, his contact rate is a little better than Gary's, but he's so strong that I often say that if you gave him, like, major league average strength, I don't even know if he'd be in the league because he's not that great a hit. He's just so strong. He muscles the ball out of the infield. He misses a lot of pitches. Both these guys have to get back to what made them really good in the beginning. And they went to right field all the time. It's not going to take away any home runs. You're still going to turn on the balls you're supposed to turn on. But they really have to think opposite field. That's when those guys were two monsters. Yeah. Uh, and there is, uh, look, there is something to be said for that. And I do feel like, and Greg, thanks for the call, that, you know, Gary Sanchez has also been, you know, kind of jerked around it feels like with the the approaches behind the plate uh, at the plate so maybe you know maybe the Yankees they've had all these plans for Gary Sanchez maybe this is the year where they just kind of you know find come up with some sort of routine obviously but then just kind of get out of the way and just let him kind of do what he's going to do and 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 not really rely because whatever the plan has been it has not been successful and I go back to this point all the time you know when they brought in Aaron Boone at least part of that was, you know, it was about the relationship with the players and unleashing the potential of this young team that came within a game of the World Series. And a lot of that, I thought, tied into Gary Sanchez. And whatever you want to say about Aaron Boone's strengths, his weaknesses, the games won, this thing, whatever the approach has been with Gary Sanchez has not worked. Has been, uh, I mean, he has had two disastrous... 2018, you thought, was bad. That was a really bad year. This year... Now, I'm going to throw this year out to a certain degree because I think that he can be better than this. He has shown that, but it has to trouble you. Like, if this year were the only year, then you would say absolutely throw it out. But 2018, that was a full season, and and not that it was as bad as this past year. But, I mean, there were there were questions about everything. There were questions about his effort, injury, his every, every aspect of his game, his defense, Everything was up for, for debate in 2018. So, again, I think it's the right move because it's the, it's the best of the bad options. There is no option out there to solve the Yankees' catching issues that you just say, well, absolutely, right? Like JT Real Muto's great, but are you going to spend $100 million on a 31-year-old catcher when it seems pretty clear the team is not uh, breaking out the checkbook all that much? So um, I would disagree with Greg on the, the – the, um, the judge thing. I mean, judge, he has an elite batting eye, uh, even, even though he gets screwed on pitches all the time, absolutely all the time. 
Uh, is Spike in Jersey? Spike is in Jersey. What's going on, my man? Good morning, my friend. Um, I got to tell you, really funny. I'm walking a dog, and I got a little light, you know, light hanging off my shoulder. And I know all the cops in town for a specific reason. And they hear through the phone, Omar, and they turn and one guy turns around, and I know him really well. He goes, Omar or now? <laughs> yeah, look, Omar's world famous. Come on. I didn't have my phone on speaker or Bluetooth. <laughs> right. You don't need it. <laughs> I know you don't need it. Anyway, um, one thing, that football game, there were more drops in that game than in a Ricola factory. That was is pitiful to watch that game. I was glad there was a game on, but I don't think they ever should have played that game. And I mentioned it to Ray, and, you know, he seems to feel they'll push through. I guess you do, too. And one thing on Judge. Listen, he, he just said it. I've been wanting to say it for a long time, and I forget because you're limited with time. He does get screwed because of his height. There's no question about it. And Stanton doesn't get screwed as much, and he's maybe, a, what, an inch shorter? Uh, no, I think he's a, he's a few inches shorter. I mean, he's a huge guy as well. Um, yeah, I mean, and it's funny because you would think, I, I, and look, I'm the Yankee fan, so, uh, you know, everybody's going to tell me, oh, you just look at it through Yankee glasses. But, you know, Judge is one of the stars of the game, and usually – in they any get the sport, call. The, 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 you get the call, right? Yeah. Uh, and that has certainly not been the case for Aaron Judge. He yeah, very lower than higher. He gets the, the lower is a, a, yeah, a killer for him. He get, they call it every time when it's uh, below his ankles. Uh, I can't stand that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, anyway, listen, uh, we'll see what happens with the football. It's hoping best that nobody gets sick anymore, but it doesn't look that way. No, it certainly does not. And, and, and Spike, thanks for the call. In terms of are they going to push through, well, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, don't th- I don't know what it would take. I mean, they just played a game where one of the teams had eight straight days of positive tests on the team. I think that there were 20 positive tests in all in a week. I mean, if that's not an outbreak with a team, what exactly – I mean, like what level does it have to get to before it is an outbreak, right? I think that that qualifies as an outbreak. So are they going to push through? Yeah, they're going to just keep going. And to, I think that it would have to be uh, the type of thing where a government, like the thing with the Niners, that would have to be the type of thing where the NFL, if they were ever going to pause, it's not going to come from, it's not going to come from the NFL, I think, at this point. I think it's pretty clear that they're not going to be the ones. That's, they'll, they'll figure out some way to, to make it work and, and make the money, but they are not going to uh, voluntarily shut things down. So, um, they're going to push through. They're going to keep going. Uh, what is it? Tony is in the Bronx. Tony, what's going on, my man? Hey, what's going on, Gordon? Good to hear from you guys. I, I just got two things. I want to talk about the Yankees. I want to talk about the Knicks. Okay, well, First go. of all, you know, we're talking about Gary Sanchez and Judd. We got back. I mean, sign DJ and let's get it popping. But my question is, did we get some great starting pitching that I don't know about? Because last time I looked, we were squeaking by and right about now Severino we don't know when he's coming back if Jermaine is going to be the same guy Herman. when he comes back right so or if they, if they, like, they want him back I don't know you know that situation was such a it, it, so it, lack exactly. of details we so, don't really know you know what the feeling within the organization is I mean Char- Charlie Morton I mean you know Char- Charlie Morton would have been a nice little pickup I mean I know it's in the same division but hey snag him alright that's my one thing and the other thing is uh, so Washington and Houston traded West, Russell Westbrook for John Wall. Aren't they the same player? 
Uh, I, look, I'd rather have Russell Westbrook. I know he's a couple of years older, and it's not like he's the healthiest guy either. And, Tony, thanks for the call. Um, I would rather have him. I mean, John Wall never plays. Um, and at le- I don't see how Houston thinks that that's going to be an improvement. And maybe that's not the point. Maybe it was just to get rid of, 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 Rest- of, of Westbrook and uh, just you know make whatever deal you could make to appease John uh, to appease James Harden. I don't see how that move helps anybody anywhere with Houston, and it might make uh, you know Washington, I guess, slightly better because Westbrook at least plays in games and can at least impact you that way, and uh, the contracts are roughly the same. But yeah, I don't see that. Uh, I don't see either of those moves being uh, one that makes sense. And I'm just glad that the, both are now off the table for the Knicks. That's all I'm happy uh, about. 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number. 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, Regal Tumble, day number 31. Who's in? Who's out? Plus, we have headlines. Lots to do as we take you up until 6 o'clock. To be quite honest with you, uh, and it was in all three phases. We couldn't run the ball effectively when we needed to. We dropped too many significant passes. Very catchable, makeable passes. We didn't make significant plays in the special teams game. Our kickoff coverage unit wasn't good enough. We turned the damn ball over. Uh, we gave up big plays in critical moments on defense. Can't have it. Uh, they converted a, a, a long run on a, on a possession down before the half. Unacceptable. They had a 70-yard touchdown late in the game. Unacceptable. And so um, we're, we're fortunate tonight. Um, it's good to, to proceed um, with the victory. I acknowledge that. Uh, but not a lot happened tonight to be proud of or to be excited about. Uh, Mike, uh, you had uh, uh, some uh, red zone failures and a number of drop passes. Uh, do, what do you attribute that to? Anything in particular? Uh, sucking. All right, so that's Mike Tomlin after the Steelers' win over the Ravens yesterday. And it was a win, right? That's him talking after the team, his team, won the game. But have the Steelers been struggling overall lately? No, they're now 11. They're the only team that's left that is unbeaten and that's the way he speaks after the team wins a game but does not perform to the level, the standard that they have set for themselves. Compare that to what we hear generally on Mondays from Adam Gase. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. Um, those guys, they battled. We, we struggled in the first half, obviously. We, we had some good momentum going. We get a turnover, throw a pick six, um, and then we couldn't do anything on offense. We struggled to get those guys off the field. You know, second half we we at least we kept fighting, got in the end zone, made it a close game. Had it, I had the ball. Defense did a good job of getting those guys off the field. At, for us to have a drive at the end, we couldn't make enough plays to to try to tie it up. In a game that they were not, I mean, it doesn't even matter. I know that that's from the Dolphin game, but that it doesn't matter what game that's from. It, it could be from any game. They've not been in competitive, real outside of the Broncos game. That's the only one that they've been even slightly competitive in. All season long. But yet, that's Adam Gay. Hey, you know what? We, we battled. We fought hard. Mike Tom was like, this sucked. We all sucked. It was terrible. You won. The Jets lose it. The Jets are the anti-Steelers. They're like the, the stranger things of the Steelers were the, the, the upside down. That's the, I mean, it's amazing. It's incredible. Your moment of inspiration for this Thursday morning. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number. But right, we're already running late here. So we got to get to the regal tumble. It is day number 31. It is day two of pod two. So yesterday we introduced the four new shows. And uh, who's in, who's out? Well, 
We knew that The Office was back. We brought The Office back. We gave you a vote to have one of the returning shows come back. So The Office is back in. And we knew that that was going to be a powerhouse. But we also had Good Times, SpongeBob SquarePants, and The White Shadow. Well, it's safe to say The White Shadow, it was only a shadow. It was only an apparition on a wall. Because The White Shadow, even the, uh, uh, being ahead of its time, for its time, that time has clearly passed because you did not vote for it. So the three shows returning because we got to do this very quickly, of course, are The Office. Good Times. Again, if we were doing the theme songs, that would be a number one seed. And then, of course, uh, SpongeBob SquarePants, which did not really do as well as I thought. You know, a lot of people told me, oh, no, this is a great show. It's fantastic. I've never, literally never seen an episode. But as we get to day number two of pod two, day number 31 overall, did I say? Yeah, I think it's day number 31 overall. Let's find out what show is joining the fight. All right, so there you go, Family Guy. And this might surprise people. I don't think I've ever seen a full episode of Family Guy. And it's, I mean, it's very highly thought of. It just never got in my rotation. And any time, I always feel like it's very, uh, the, the comedic timing of it is very, very repetitive. It, it's the same beat every time, but it's very highly thought of. Uh, IMDb, it's uh, 8.1. TV.com, 8.9, so a lot of people like it. And it's been on a lot longer. I thought if, you, if you were to ask me, Gordon, how long has Family Guy been on? I'd be like, eh, maybe seven, eight years. It has 19 seasons. Who knew that? Certainly not me. So there you go. Your four shows for today, day two of Pod 2 in the Regal Tumble. It is Family Guy, The Office, Good Times, and SpongeBob SquarePants. Not as strange a mix uh, as yesterday, but still. All right, there you go. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. The Regal Tumble is out of the way. Let's get to headlines. It is time once again for headlines. Today's headlines. Extra, extra. We've already pushed it back once. I'm not pushing it back to Friday. These headlines either go today or not at all. All right, first headline. COVID-19 test site reopens after closing to film an Addison Ray movie. Addison Ray, big superstar of the app TikTok. And now she's making movies. Well, as long as they close the testing site for something very important, like an Addison Ray movie. But who am I? I've never been in any movie, so who am I to uh, criticize? Could you imagine, though, being like an actor who, you know, you went to school, you went to drama school, you learned your craft, you, and then you find out, you know, I got a small little bit part in a movie. Oh, yeah, who's the star? Somebody on TikTok. All right, moving on. Extra, extra. Apple falls to fourth place in the global smartphone market. Well, that is big news, mainly because there are four kinds of smartphones. I thought it was just Google and, uh, and Apple. What, what are people walking around with? I didn't even... If you to ask me, Gordon, name four smartphones. Uh, I don't know that I could do that. And, and, and hasn't everybody made up their mind at this point? What kind of psychopath has a phone, you know, needs a new phone, and then switches? Like, does that still happen? I feel like, you know what, once you, you've picked a side, you're, it's, like, it's like a team. You, you can't go from rooting for the Yankees to rooting for the Red Sox. 
If you're Google, if you're Apple, if you're iPhone, you're Team iPhone. You're, you're, you're iPhone until the end. But apparently people are uh, making these switches. Ray, could you name outside of Google the Google Pixel, right? I think that's the phone. Right. I, and I an iPhone. Name me, another, uh, name me another phone. Well, I know the Galaxy is popular. Is that okay, one Okay, Galaxy. I think I've heard of that. Yep, yep. All right, that's um, three. Give me a fourth one. I can't really. Uh, maybe the exactly. OnePlus? What? There's one called the OnePlus. It's very independent. A OnePlus? I'm not. I'm sorry. I don't care what what uh, things they. I'm not going with a OnePlus. That sounds made up. All right, moving on. Extra, extra. Catherine O'Hara's hilarious Home Alone 2 callback goes viral on TikTok. Well, look at me. I'm a, I'm I'm up to date with the kids. Two references to TikTok already in the show today. Uh, I have a problem with adjectives. Hilarious, humorous. I mean. Slightly amusing. I think hilarious is uh, hilarious. We use a little bit too liberally. I think that we need to cut back for 2021. Put that on your New Year's resolutions. Let's start using hilarious appropriately again, right? All right, moving on. Extra, extra. Video shows horrifying road rage shooting in Michigan. Well, look, uh, shooting is not good, but horrifying again not the right adjective because the only reason that that headline is popping up on your feed is because they know you're going to look at it the internet is for judging people that is what that is its primary purpose we go to the internet to judge this person or that person so when you watch these road rage incidents and i'll be honest with you i see road rage there's a video all right let me click on that um, I don't want to see anybody get seriously hurt, but it's, it's video that is, uh, is appealing to the eye. Let's put it that way. So uh, that's a perfect example right there. So I would not say horrifying. I would maybe, maybe I shouldn't say hilarious. Hilarious, that's not the right use of hilarious there either. But I think that we could have found a better adjective than horrifying. Dramatic. Eye-popping. That would have been better. All right, moving on. Extra, extra. Broncos will keep Blake Bortles away from facility in case of future COVID outbreak. Well, I would just say this, right? The Broncos just got done with a game, playing a game without a quarterback, a guy who is not a quarterback, and they played him at quarterback, even though he's not a quarterback. If it gets to the stage where the COVID situation gets so bad that Blake Bortles starts any game ever again, just shut down the league. I mean, there's no the Broncos should just forfeit the game. And really, they should keep the quarterbacks away from each other so they don't catch cat COVID. But they also should keep the quarterbacks away so they don't catch Bortles. Right? You don't want you don't want a case come down with a case of Bortles, even if it's a practice squad wide receiver playing quarterback for you. Okay, moving on to uh, Florida man. Extra. Florida man punches cabbie in the face, screams, "I'm Rick James!" Beep. He was extra, not, in fact, Rick extra. James. His name was Paul Kijik, which is not even close to Rick James. Uh, Florida man thaws Thanksgiving turkey in swimming pool. Extra, extra. Florida woman caught trying to smuggle synthetic weed into prison in her private parts. Extra, extra. Oh, look, if you, if you smuggle it in the weed, it has to be the synthetic, right? I mean, you don't want to go with some low-level weed. It has to be nothing but the best. All right, uh, Florida woman arrested at Motel 6 for meth possession and creating counterfeit money. I feel like your jail time, if you get busted with counterfeit money, making it, your jail time should be decided on how bad the money is. Like, if it's kind of passable, it should be, eh, you know, you only get a couple of weeks. But if it's like orange with like a monkey on it, you should get like two years. Like, there's no way that this could ever, if you go walk in with like Monopoly money with a choo-choo train on it, you should get at least two years. Just my own feeling. 
Florida woman. A lot of Florida women today. Florida woman arrested after drinking at Town Square, getting lost and peeing her pants. No extra extra. extra, extra. Uh, and then Florida man dealing with ammunition shortage, which makes holiday gift giving difficult. Yeah, I mean, that would be tough. You don't have any bullets to, to stop. <laughs> What's in the stocking this year? Oh, it's, uh, it's, it's bullets. Everybody's favorite gift, weapons. All right, that's going to do it for headlines for today. We'll try to get back on track. Coming up, it is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. Today's poll question is up. It is the Regal Tumble, day number 31. And I would say, again, it's very early on. I, I mentioned this at the same point every single day. I think we might have a new contender for this pod, too. Family guy into the mix. And again, it's very early on, but a very impressive showing. And what you have seen is we have kind of split the, uh, com- the, uh, the cartoon vote. Because yesterday, SpongeBob SquarePants did quite well for themselves. But at least in the early voting, oh, boy, I, I don't know any references to SpongeBob. I don't think I've ever seen an episode. So, but whatever the, the problem is there, whatever the, uh, the uh, what is it, the antagonist, whoever that is, they are uh, feel, having a field day right now because Family Guy, even leading the office in the early return. So it's up to you to vote. It's on Twitter. It's at Gordon Damer. And uh, we will uh, let you know what the results are tomorrow. Today's show, we focused a lot on the uh, baseball, the decisions made by both the Yankees and Mets. Yankees bringing back. Gary Sanchez, which it was almost like it was almost like a relationship that people are in and, and they, they want to break up. But then they go through all the different permutations. and They realize, you know what? It, it, we're better off with each other. And, and a lot of times that's the wrong decision. Like the first reaction might be your best reaction. But I think that this was the only logical reaction that the Yankees would have considering the, the, the payroll, which I really don't want to hear about payroll limitations especially considering the window of opportunity is closing as rapidly as it is, it seems like, for the Yankees. Uh, but it was the only decision for them to make, right? Like $5.5 million for Gary Sanchez, that is better, and that's the best of the bad options. And I get it. There will be times for sure next year, even if Gary Sanchez bounces back, there will be times next year that you will say to yourself, why did they bring this guy back? This guy's a disaster. But I think that, it's still the best of the uh, all the bad options. You know, you are not going to go out and spend $100 million on JT Real Muto. And whether or not anybody spends $100 million on JT Real Muto remains to be seen. So for James McCann or Mike Zanino or all these different people, I think it was the best uh, option. And while that one's the, the bigger headline, you know, the Mets bringing back Steven Matz is kind of the same thing. Steven Matz last year was brutal and is very similar in terms of uh, career trajectory to Gary Sanchez, had a very impressive debut, has had some moments since then, but certainly not recently. And last year, he was brutal. So uh, I don't know that uh, it's going to turn around for him either, but I can understand why you make that move. In terms of the uh, Kyle Schwarber was uh, let uh, become a free agent by the Cubs, that, I know that that people have brought up. I think Michael even tweeted out that it was, he was always a Brian Cashman favorite. I mean, there's going to be a lot of corner outfielders that are available, and I don't even know if Schwarber's a corner outfielder, so I don't see that uh, being a match there at all. And, you know, just one thing on the football. No Thursday night. That's another reason why I hated that game yesterday. No Thursday night football tonight. Let me ask you this. Giants are playing Seattle this week, right? They're traveling across the country, going to Seattle. Seattle's 5-0 and at home. They're doing it with their backup quarterback in Colt McCoy, right? Almost certainly. 
Is there any doubt that that game will be more competitive than the Jets who are home for the Raiders? Is there like any doubt whatsoever? We'll get more into the football tomorrow. Please vote on the poll question. We're back tomorrow starting at 5. We'll see you then. Keyshawn, J. Will and Zubin, up next, 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.